Hello everyone, time Hi. for another episode of Kawaii Cast. <laughs> Is that what we're doing now? Uh, sure, why not? Alright, well anyway, I'm Candace. I'm gonna try to change things up every once in a while, okay? And you are? I'm Tyler. <laughs> no, I'm gonna try to change things up every once in a while. That's my name, okay? <laughs> Can I just call you Tyler for short? Sure, <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> Only because we've known each other for so long. Don't mean to dead name you, but... Uh, rude. <laughs> <laughs> I respect your choice is gonna try to change things up every now every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, I don't really have necessarily news for our news segment this week. I don't know if you did. Um, I mean, I, I don't have my... I'm not looking at my normal thing, but off the top of my head, uh, the third Fate movie in the trilogy opened up in Japan and came out at number one in their box office. Yeah, I I have been seeing that because I follow Ufa Table on Twitter. Yeah. And they've just been blowing that up. Yep. So, So, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. It must be really neat to be in the Fate fandom. (laughs) Right? Boy, I wish I was in fate right now. Right? One can dream. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, the biggest reason why I don't really have any news this week for our news segment is because on my normal trek to find news to talk about this week, it has just been met by wall after wall after wall of toxicity craziness gatekeeping and just all around elitism in the anime community (sighs) and i just got so fed up with running into this shit all week that i'm like we we just gotta talk about it we uh yeah that it's been a crazy week so there's that on top of the uh copyright issues that japan's going through right now Mm that's you know all the anti-piracy stuff so yeah so, uh, it's it's been a crazy busy week so far. Yeah. So mostly the biggest thing I want to talk about is gatekeeping, but I also kind of wanted to start off this episode by talking about elitism a little bit, and to mention that when I talk about elitism in the anime community, I am very much aware of the irony of us wanting to talk about it because we are unquestionably elitists. <laughs> Uh, excuse you, I watch anything. You're you're the one over there like, I only watch uh, cultured shows like Banana Fish. <laughs> I would like to point out that at least twice a year, we dedicate episodes that are just talking about why Crunchyroll is doing everything wrong when it comes to the Crunchyroll Awards. So we're both definitely elitists. Okay. <laughs> To be fair, they're doing everything wrong. They are doing everything wrong. And we get good episodes out of it, so... (laughs) I think everybody that does analytics when it comes to anime, like whether it be through podcasts or video essays or anything of the sort, do carry a certain level of elitism with that. Because it's kind of our job to look at things from that perspective. And... I don't think necessarily that all elitism is bad. I think the point where it becomes problematic 
is when it leads to gatekeeping, and that's why I really wanted to talk about this. And on top of the fact that there is a major anti-tuber who basically called out on Twitter saying that he wishes that more people who have a voice in the anime community would talk about this particular subject. And uh, I'm talking about Jeff Thu of Mother's Basement. I don't feel wrong about calling him out here because he is the one who brought up the subject and it is something that I think is important. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a shame that more anti-tubers are trying to sneer away from this subject a bit because... I don't think we really have a big voice in the anime community. Our subscriber count is pitiful compared to any tubers and other anime podcasts. But I do think it's important that if you have any kind of voice, you should use it. And Yeah. Um, so naturally, you know, gatekeeping can be a lot of things. For some people, it can be like, you only watch Dragon Ball Z? You're not a real f- anime fan you know i think the dragon ball z thing is also kind of interesting because i think when my coworkers at my day job find out that i run an anime podcast one in particular was like oh yeah that's pretty cool like i i watch anime but it's not real anime uh, <laughs> it's, it's not real anime it's just dragon ball z <laughs> and i'm like dragon ball z is a real anime and he's like no no that." I mean, stuff that's made in Japan is real anime. Dragon Ball Z is not real anime. I'm like, Dragon Ball Z was made in Japan. He's like, no, it wasn't. It's in English. I'm like, Dragon Ball Z is Dragon Ball Z was made in Japan. It was dubbed. I will say, if you only know Dragon Ball Z by its dub, do not watch it in Japanese. It is so jarring. Like, particularly Goku's voice. I think whichever voice you're used to for Goku is the one that you should just stick with because the other one is just going to throw you for a loop. It'd be like if you suddenly heard Luffy talking with, like, a deep voice in English. Like, it's just, it's really jarring. (laughs) Oh, oh boy. But, yeah, so I do think it's kind of funny that, like, I do have a lot of coworkers and people, like, within work that try to talk to me about anime and... I don't really know how to talk to a lot of them about anime because I don't know what point they consider anime and what they consider mainstream. And I think we've been doing this for long enough that I just assume anybody that's an anime fan is caught up on the seasonal stuff. And it's a little bit weird for me to find out that that's not the case. And I think that's what I mean by we do carry a certain level of elitism. Yeah, so it. speaking of that, it is really crazy because... Uh, as you know, obviously we, we keep up with the, the new seasons and, you know, we try to watch a little bit of everything, you know, Mm -hmm. from the new seasons, but even just talking with people online, not all of them are like that. Some of, a lot of people wait for the new season to finish and then they'll go and just binge watch everything. You yeah. Know? Some people aren't even up to date on the new seasons. They don't know anything about new seasons. And they just kind of like pick and choose like, hey, this show interests me. Hey, you know, like yeah. it's so you mentioned that and it makes me realize that, yeah, it's it's a little because I'm always caught up. I'm a little uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, I'm not used to like realizing that not everyone is 
Yeah. At the same level that we are. Like, about two weeks ago, uh, one of our members of Cracked Brain actually texted me asking what our new episode was about for that week so she could make a social media post about it. And then she messaged me again and she's like, hey, so there's this anime that I think it'd be really cool if you talked about. I don't know if you've watched it yet. It's called Beastars. And you're going, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm like, we <laughs> did an episode on it already when it came out. And she's like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, it wasn't, we didn't have an episode specifically dedicated to it because we felt like we couldn't talk enough about it without spoiling everything. So we combined it with the Castlevania Season 3 episode since they both were a bit content lacking for a full hour. But yeah, it, I'm like, we talked about Beastars already. She's like, oh. And then I kind of made a joke and I'm like, just to let you know, three months in advance, we've also watched Brand New Animal. And <laughs> <laughs> So, so when you're caught up to that point, yeah. I just want to let you know, we've already been there. Yeah, so I, I was joking, but then I realized it doesn't translate very well in text. So, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Uh. But yeah, like, trust me when I say, I get it. I get the irony of being like, don't be a dick when it's me talking. I, I'm not exactly the nicest person when it comes to my taste in anime, and I've never always been the most open-minded to people that don't do this for a hobby or a living. Like, like I just, I, it's, it's just like that. Like, I just can't, <laughs> I can't imagine being, like, a year behind on anime. I can't imagine somebody coming up and being like, I just found out about One Punch Man. You know, or I just barely heard about Castlevania or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. Like, same same thing with me. One of our Cracked Brain members was like, uh, he's he's like, oh, I'm going to go on vacation. What are some good anime to watch while I'm while I'm, uh, you know, that I can download so I can watch it while I don't have Internet access? Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, I don't really know where to start yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so so it came down to him just like listing off a few you know he's he's like oh how about cells at work i'm like okay that's a couple years old but yeah it's still good yeah check it out you know so so yeah it, it's kind of weird not knowing that you know everyone's or knowing that not everyone is caught up yeah, I also had this problem with my niece and nephew, because they're both, like, at the end of high school right now. They're, like, on that verge of entering adulthood, and, like, I took them to, like, their first anime convention a couple years back, and I took them to uh, Salt Lake Fan Experience, which is basically Comic-Con, and they were asking me while we were there, because I bought uh, my nephew a uh, Full Metal Alchemist print, and I bought my niece a few, like, Spider-Girl prints and stuff like that, and... They're asking, like, hey, Candace, what kind of anime would you recommend since you run an anime podcast? And it hit me that, like, when I was their age, I was definitely watching stuff I shouldn't have been watching when I was their age. 
<laughs> and most of the things I recommend to, like, the podcasting audience are things like Devilman Crybaby and Banana Fish and Doro He Doro. And... <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm coming out here out of, like, high school watching, like, oh, Strawberry Marshmallow. Yeah, I was, when I was in high school, yeah. before high school, I mean, my first anime was Slayers when I was, like, you know, 10 or 11, and I had to make my dad explain to me what the boob joke was in one of the episodes, and and the fact that, like, Naga wore more in her battle, ar- or her swimsuit than she did her battle armor, and, <laughs> like, stuff like that. Like, I had, I had already got, like, the whole fan service thing at a very young age, and I saw things like Basilisk, and... Ninja Gaiden and Ninja Resurrection. <laughs> yeah, my my first anime that I realized was an anime and not a cartoon was Escaflone. Yeah, so... So, like, c- kind of same concept, I get it. Yeah, so basically my suggestion for my niece and nephew was, like... Ask your dad. <laughs> like, because I know that he watches anime on Netflix when my sister's not around, and I'm sure he could find some good recommendations. Like, I could talk to him about, I, like, I can talk cool to, stuff. I can talk to him. Or I can rec- recommend some stuff to you that I know is okay. Yeah. Like, the stuff like, I know like, is okay. Like, 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 Little Witch Academia. Like, go watch that. That's great. Yeah, and I did recommend that to my kid. niece. I, I think my niece would really love Little Witch Academia, but it's kind of fine, weird, because they're right at that, like, adult stage. And, like, I was younger than them when I took my first trip to Vegas, and accidentally told them that that i jumped in a van with <laughs> to, some friends and went to vegas to which they immediately turned to their dad and they're like dad yeah like their their dad makes me walk them around salt lake like basically holding their hands when they're 17 and 18 but when i was 14 i jumped in a random van with my friends and went to vegas like that's that's so weird too <laughs> like like the the differences in generations too because i was the same like yeah. like you know growing up i wouldn't say i was a latchkey kid but i was a latchkey kid okay mm-hmm. like i had my key for home uh i would be out late mm-hmm. you know and people wouldn't worry you wouldn't worry about the kids because yeah. you know oh they're just being kids they're playing in the neighborhood mm-hmm. but now it's like it almost seems like kids have to update their parents about where they're going to be yeah. every 30 minutes or something. And, and like, parents, and, and obviously I'm stereotyping here, but mm-hmm. but they seem to be more more protective of their kids than yeah. our parents were. Yeah, we are getting a little bit off subject. Yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it, let's... It, it let, will loop back. Let's, let's get back to the gatekeeping element. So the reason why this subject came up was... A lot of different things that happened this week. One, I mentioned a few weeks ago when it came to a uh, big boobed anime girl. Uh, I literally cannot. Uzaki chan. Uzaki chan. Yeah, thank you. I, I mentioned a few weeks ago that I didn't understand what the T behind her was, that I didn't understand why people were so mad about this anime character, and that I just thought the whole thing was made up. This last week, I have learned that I was very, very wrong, and that the, not only is there T, but it is fucking scalding. And I don't want anything to do with this tea anymore. And it makes everything worse when a lot of my friends are just like, Oh, wow, Candace, this is like anime you. And I'm like, thank you for comparing me to the most hated anime character on of, the internet of, right now. Of the season, yeah. Like, 
it's just kind of frustrating because I don't understand a lot of this hate. Like, yeah, she's bug-eyed and bobble-headed and she's got this tiny frame with big boobs. But when I was 20, I had a tiny frame with big boobs. I mean, I'm uh, it's 11 years later and now I look closer to the redraws on Twitter than I do the actual character. But when I was 20, I looked like a young person with just big boobs. A lot of people thought I was a junior high student. And now that I'm 31, people think I'm 20. So it... You catch up, all right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. some people just look really young for their age, and that's a real thing. And yeah, she's exaggerated because she's an anime character. And then people are like, oh, well, she's kind of like a bitchy character. And I'm like, so am I. <laughs> like, that's another thing people compare me to her. Because I pick on you all the time, and I mean a lot. Well, it's like, it's so stupid, too, because, like, They'll be like, oh, she's such a bitchy character, but but then they'll go and they'll praise, uh, oh, what's her name? Takagi-san. They'll be like, oh, Takagi-san's so cute, and blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. like, she's just as much of an asshole to her, you know, main character boy as Uzaki-chan is to hers. Like, yeah. You know? Not to mention that, like... Kazuma from Konosuba is just as bad, if not worse. Oh, he's he's an absolutely terrible person. And I he just... got nominated for Best Boy. Like I said, we constantly judge Crunchyroll for all of their decisions. But <laughs> I think if he can get nominated for Best Boy and you think that she is an awful person and character and doesn't deserve a fan base, that's a little sexist in my opinion. Yeah, um... I, I would also like to point out that it's kind of dumb because when her when it was announced that she did get an anime, mm-hmm. there was nothing but praise. It was like, oh, yay, she's getting an anime. I'm so excited, blah, blah, blah. But now, obviously, that, you know, there is the anime. Everyone, you know, there is this discourse about it. Yeah. And also, I think the people that are on the opposite end are being just as bad about it. The people are like... Oh, I hate these redraws because they're done in a Western style, and Western styles are so ugly. I'm like, why can't artists just not insult artists? Why can't you just like one version of it and like another version of it better? Or why why does this have to be a Western versus Eastern thing? Can't it be like, oh, this this is this character. I'm just drawing them in in my style. Exactly. Like, I think that's perfectly fine. It doesn't have to be a, like, oh, this is a terrible example of this character. I'm going to make it better in my own style. Yeah, exactly. I think I like a lot of the redraws I've seen. I really don't like the attitudes around it. And that's kind of what I mean by this elitism, is the people that redraw the character to be more realistic or proportioned or what I look like at 31 and be like, I fixed this disgusting art style. And then 20-year-olds who are small-framed and big-boobed are feeling like they're being body-shamed. And it's just stupid. Like, just just like or hate something without being a complete degenerate or jerk about it. I think, I think it's perfectly okay to say, I want to draw this in a new style. I've seen a lot of people do it. And I've seen a lot of really cool things from that. And I think if you don't like somebody's redraw, you don't have to like it. You can keep scrolling. You can even go as far as to block the artist if they're offending you that much. That's the power of the internet. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I'm I'm just going to throw it out there that the uh, anonymity of the internet has caused so many problems. Yeah. 
So that's just, that was the first part of my week. And I thought, I'm like, well, I can get past this. Like, I can scroll past this just like I'm telling people to scroll past the artwork. And I can deal with this. It kind of sucks when I'm seeing all this hatred and then my friends and my roommate are saying this is anime you. Kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. But I can get over it. I don't think I am the real live version of this character in spite of what people have told me. Because <laughs> I'm not. But I am still laughing about the fact that you pointed out that mint chocolate chip ice cream thing to me right after I bought mint chocolate chip ice cream. Yes. But... I mean, I had to, naturally. <laughs> you had to. And honestly, I think the show is fine for what it is. It's the genre of show I don't really get too into, but the clips you have shown me have been genuinely funny. And I just feel like if people had ignored this whole thing or if people hadn't been stuck in quarantine for about six months, this thing would have just blown over. Yeah. She's not that interesting of a character for it to have blown see, up this see, much. And that's not even it. Like, even if she, there were some differences about her character, like, if she didn't have the enormous breasts, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They, they would have just been like, a typical lolly character. It's just <laughs> promoting pedophilia, you know? Or, yeah. or if she looked more feminine, like if she had a more feminine face, people would have been like, uh, this tomboy character, you know, <laughs> making my pee-pee confused. Yeah. I Like... Like I said, I don't think the character is like, interesting I, enough to warrant this just, amount of attention. I just feel like no matter what with this character, they would have found something to bitch about. Yeah. But then we got into the next big thing that happened this week, and that was the quote-unquote death of Kiss Anime. And mm -hmm. this sparked its own set of controversy, of which I will say I do fall more onto the elitist scale of this being... Whether or not, like, especially with COVID-19 affecting so many anime studios right now, and many of them either having to merge with other studios or just go under entirely, whether things like his anime should exist or if they even have a place in the anime world today. Because I think when we were younger, there was some justification for it in the sense that there just wasn't a lot of access to anime and that Kiss Anime's existence even created the streaming phenomenon that brought us Crunchyroll, Funimation, Netflix, stuff like that. If Kiss Anime hadn't existed, would those companies had even had a platform to build themselves off of? But honestly, I and I've said this before, I would rather see people torrent than see people support a company like Kiss Anime. Because I just don't see it as having a purpose nowadays. It is something where people are making money off of taking advantage of a system that is already struggling. I, I mean, it really doesn't have a purpose. Uh, I mean, everyone, yeah, people will complain about ads. They'll be like, oh, I don't want to watch the ads on Crunchyroll. And well, one, ad blocker is a thing. Yeah. Everyone knows this. Ad blocker is a thing. Two... It's not really any different than basic television. You yeah. watch some of your show, you sit through a couple ads, you watch some more of your show, and that's it. Like, yeah. like ads are everywhere. There's, it's, it's just the way it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, we don't necessarily like ads, but you just kind of deal with them. Yeah, 
Not to mention that I can't really be too mad at the concept of torrenting when there are a lot of people that will like, oh, my friend has a premium Crunchyroll account and they lent me their emails so I can use their premium account as they, well. They give me their password so I can watch stuff. Yeah, and this is not an extremely uncommon thing within the anime communities, and I know people that are saying, like, oh, you should always support the industry while simultaneously leeching off of their friends' premium accounts, and it's like, you're not really sending money to the companies either, and I think in an ideal world, everybody would pay either by watching ads or paying for their own subscription, but it's not super realistic right now, and the reason Crunchyroll and Funimation don't crack down on this a lot harder is because they know they would rather have people leeching off their friends' accounts than push those people into companies like Kiss Anime. Well, well, it's not just that. Um, I mean, there was a someone made a, a post or whatever that was talking about how. Uh, the anime industry pulls in something like $17.7 billion every year. Mm -hmm. uh, and Crunchyroll uh, donated, or not donated, but, but Crunchyroll put in like $100 million of mm -hmm. that into the anime industry. And, and they were like, they, they basically had this idea of like, oh... Crunchyroll is embezzling money for for this, and they're 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 only giving zero point zero five six percent of the funds to the anime industry, and blah blah blah, you know. And it's like, okay, one that's that's not fair because you're comparing one business to the entire industry. That mm -hmm. would be like saying, you know, AT and T only provides thirteen percent of all revenue for the cell phone industry you know yeah. like like it's it's not fair i feel you have to compare crunchyroll profits against how much they put into the you know not to mention but... that crunchyroll also has to pay their own employees including an entire silent industry of people that sub anime which is kind of a awful job to get into as well people do not give enough credit to yeah, people that so do subtitles so it's like they they have they have their own things they need to do with this but but they framed it in this way of like uh of justifying their piracy of you know like watching kiss anime and mm -hmm. and and it's like dude i i get it but you one you're not being fair for two like i'm i i understand I've I've been there when I was younger. I I watched on less reputable sites. Mm -hmm. I get it, but don't try to justify it. Just just admit you mm -hmm. don't want to pay the subscription. Yeah, and right now the biggest argument I've seen in favor of why these sites should still exist is the idea that there are other countries that do not have access to things like Crunchyroll or Funimation or. When they do, certain shows are blocked in their region, and unless they are using a VPN, which some people cannot afford, they're unable to access these shows through legal means, and thus, in order to generate interest in those shows in their country or region, that they are, do have to use sites like Kiss Anime, which... That or weird censorship laws, like if you don't want to watch, uh, for instance... Uh, one piece in the Philippines where they're using baseball bats instead of swords. 
Yeah. You know? And I, I do understand that argument very deeply, actually, because I'm a fan of the 2.5D stage plays, which unfortunately are not available legally here in the West. But when I do try to find services that I can watch these shows on, I always make sure to kind of do a checklist. One being, did the original poster obtain the footage legally, like either by buying a Blu-ray or something similar or buying a digital copy? The second is, is that original poster supporting or encouraging people to support the original business? And finally, and the biggest thing is, is that original poster making money by me watching this? And if that third one is yes, I won't watch it. And even then, usually the best I can get is a clip or a scene or something like that. I can genuinely say I've never actually watched an entire stage play from start to finish because it's just not accessible and it's not realistic. And usually watching even a clip means that you need to know the original person and they need to invite you to a private room where you can watch it on the internet with them. And that's because they're so strict about supporting this industry. And trust me, if it was available in the West, I'd be throwing so much money at it because I've been standing these actors for two years now and there is no <laughs> legal way for me to give them money. <laughs> yeah. So trust me, I, I get that. I get the idea that these illegal sites do generate hype and interest that shows the original industry that there is a demand for it in your country, your region. And I even saw this uh, as a big issue on Twitter where people were saying, oh, the actual actors in the shows are on Twitter. And if you confess that you watch their shows illegally, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. And I'm like, I think some people go out of their way to point this out to the actors, knowing that they are the best bet to say, maybe we should let them watch it legally. Yeah, um, so, so there's there's another thing is, like I said, the, the, the industry is, what, 17 point some odd billion a year, mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of that isn't necessarily straight from, like, uh, obviously, uh, anime subscriptions, you yeah. know, like, it's, a, a lot of it is actually merchandising, mm -hmm. so, you know, even, even watching it illegally it builds the hype you know it's it's more likely that someone is willing to buy merchandise to help support the industry yeah which again i would buy merchandise from the 2.5t shows if they would allow me to buy them <laughs> legally i even went straight to their website and you can only purchase them if you live in japan and that's kind of messed up. So what you need to do is you need to find a friend in Japan who <laughs> who you can who can purchase it for you and then send it over. I was so tempted. I actually did have a friend who was living in Japan for a while, like right before COVID. And I even messaged her. I'm like, would you be willing to buy this for me? <laughs> if I sent you some money, would you do this? We were really close. And then COVID happened and we're just like, we backed out. Like we, we, we pressed the emergency stop Button. <laughs> both, both, both of you were <laughs> we like the plug. slamming that down like nope yeah. so because we both freaked out we're like okay we don't know what's going on in the world stop while we we can and then she came back to america and was forced into like a two-week quarantine but yeah like no i trust me when i say i have tried i have tried so hard to actually send money to this group and they have made it so impossible the only way i can legally support my 2.5d boys 
is by listening to their music on Spotify, which is available in the West. Which is kind of fucked up that the music is available in the West, but the shows are not. <laughs> uh, but does that include the music from the musical shows? Yes. Okay. Like, it's literally all of the music. Interesting. And I'm like, I can listen to the songs, but I can't watch the shows, and it's pretty messed up. Son of a bitch! I know. And so, yeah. Trust me when I say, while I do fall more on the elitist side of this argument, I don't like the idea of using that elitist attitude to tell people that they're not allowed to get into the things they want to get into, because I understand their perspective. And while I do think it's wrong to, like, join these websites out of spite for the industry... Because I just feel like that is the wrong approach. I don't think you should do something illegal to send a message because all you're doing is just not supporting it. And I think if you're the type of person who regularly uses these illegal sites, you have zero business saying things like, okay, but season three, when? <laughs> There's no season three because of you, Brandon. Right? I didn't mean to use the actual name Brandon. I don't know why that was the first not, name that popped not, in my head. Not, not our not, Brandon. Not our Brandon. <laughs> you know who just, you are, just Brandon. generic Brandon. Yeah. I don't know why that was the first name that came to mind. <laughs> uh, I don't know why it was either. Reflex, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Th that brings us to our final point. I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode that the reason we wanted to do this episode was because of tweets that were sent out and directed towards Jeff Thu of Mother's Basement which stemmed from a very interesting video that he made, which talks specifically about gatekeeping from one of the fandoms that is most well known for gatekeeping. And that is Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And this, if you've not been keeping up with the shitstorm that is Twitter on this issue, I will say this was the most interesting week ever. <laughs> In regards to it. it. It is times like this when I am glad that I am not on the Twitter. Yeah, and I will say we are recording this as of Tuesday night, even though the episode goes out Friday. And by Tuesday night, a lot of this has calmed down. Most of this has pretty much fixed itself and people are starting to move on from it. And it's kind of old news, so sorry for ripping the band-aid off, but... This was, to me, just the cherry on top of an absolute horrible week of people being horrible in the community, and was probably, I would say from the perspective of uh, a fan of Mother's Basement, I think that Jeff did something that was extremely brave by tackling the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fandom. Foolish! Yeah, and by brave, <laughs> I mean there is a fine line between bravery and stupidity and he danced that line when doing this because uh i mean i'd like to say that instead of dancing he just you know like uh played hopscotch across it he absolutely did and if you guys have not checked out the video i do recommend checking out the video before joining the discourse of just the terribleness surrounding it because he actually does shed the, these issues in a light that was very well thought out and well scripted. He's not just ranting like we are. He actually does a lot of work for his show, which is why his subscriber count is so high. But he should have realized at the beginning of writing that script that if any fan base were to take something out of context 
and turned it into a shitstorm, it would be JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, they have a special talent for that. Yeah, like most of JoJo's is taken out of context for the sake of internet attention and... I think the biggest point of his video where this happened was the mother's basement order of how you should watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And I remember watching the video and getting to the segment and just thinking, no, no, uh, I'm, don't I'm, do this. I'm not even a JoJo's fan. And I saw his order and I was like, no, no, this, this looks just no. And it's not even the order itself. I want to clarify. I don't think his choice of order is necessarily bad. And the point of it wasn't even necessarily for it to be right. It was just a thought experiment to get people to look at something differently. But you take that screenshot of the order and people are going to look at that, especially when you claim it is the definitive basement order or the official basement order. That's that's the... You're asking that, for trouble That's that the point. only order you can watch it in when you're living in a basement. Yeah, base, uh, you're living in a basement, Tyler. I'm living in a basement. You're screwed. I watched it out of order. I'm fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so... I also felt like this part of the video was a little bit strange compared to the rest of the video because he starts off by basically saying, this is why I think you should be allowed to watch JoJo's out of order if you so choose because people should be allowed to experience anime however they want. And then he's like, but you should watch it like this. It wasn't even necessarily that he said you should watch it like this. It was just like, here's my recommendation. And immediately that's counteractive to the point. And I know that this was not his intention because he does state his intention by the end of the video. But again, it definitely is a very jarring and backwards part of the message when really he could have just cut off the video about a, like five, six minutes earlier and it would have ended on a stronger note. I feel the same way with his segment in the video about uh, where you should start watching Avatar The Last Airbender because he mentions an article from Verge that said, hey, if you're struggling to get into the series, maybe start with this episode instead. And then he says, no, that's wrong. You should start with this episode. And I think that's a little bit counter to his point when his point is experience things the way you want. There is no correct answer. And sometimes... Doing something that's your own pace is better than doing something that somebody told you to do. So, uh, it's it's almost like this whole argument of how of you should be able to watch it how in in the order you want is almost a paradox in and of itself. Because mm -hmm. if you watch it in the order you want, you might not necessarily catch the whole story. Or, you know, you'll be missing pieces, but then, you know, everyone will, because uh, everyone has a different perspective on everything, you know, someone will be like, oh, you need to watch it this way mm -hmm. in order to, to see it, you know, like like he said. He, he explained, you know, this is how, this is the order I would choose, and this is why I would choose it in this way, you know, and... I don't necessarily disagree with him. I, I could see his reasoning behind it. Mm -hmm. But like I said, everyone has a, a different view on the subject. So while that one person may see that as the ideal, another person will, like us, we look at it and go like, that's crap. 
<laughs> yeah. You know? I like that. I don't have a problem with his actual JoJo order. I actually think it would be kind of fun to rewatch the series in that order just for shits and giggles if I ever had, like, way too much time to sink into watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure again, which I don't. <laughs> I do think it's interesting, and I, I do yeah, like what, the idea. What are, what are you doing? Are you on quarantine? <laughs> no, I'm rewatching Haikyuu, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> for the fifth time. Yeah. <laughs> Haikyuu is much easier to rewatch than JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, to be fair. Uh, meanwhile, I'm over here watching Konosuba for the seventh time. Yeah, you've watched Konosuba so many times. Anyway, my one of the things I found interesting about the video, something that I actually agree with, which also was a little bit counter to his Avatar argument as well, was that when we first got into anime, we were the generation that got into it through Toonami and the Adult Swim anime block, which, for some reason... People seem to think we're the same thing. Toonami was actually in the afternoon around 3 to 5 p.m., depending on which region you lived in, and Adult Swim started around 1 a.m. Yeah. So uh, I don't know why people seem to think that they're the same thing just because they're the same thing now. Toonami was very rarely a nighttime thing. It was a daytime thing when it first started. But anyway, I digress. So... For us, getting into anime meant we rarely started with the first episode. I did not start with the first episode on Yu Yu Hakusho, which still to this day stands as my all-time favorite anime. I honestly don't even think I've seen the first episode of Inuyasha. Yeah, I definitely- I was gonna say Inuyasha too. I'm like, I know I've seen the first episode, but I've definitely- it's probably the episode I've seen the least. I don't even know how many episodes are in Fully Cooly because- I've probably seen the same six episodes about a hundred times, and I don't know if there are more episodes. I've watched all of... Well, I haven't watched the newest remakes of, of it, but, like, the original Fooly Cooly, I've watched all of it. I definitely have not watched all of Cowboy Bebop. And when I have tried to sit down and binge Cowboy Bebop from beginning to end, I never actually finish it. I usually stop about, like, six or seven episodes in to give it a break, and then I just never pick it up again. And I actually enjoyed Cowboy Bebop better when it was something that I just experienced on a rare occasion when I stayed up late at night to watch Cowboy Bebop. It was something you didn't really need to get the entire story because each episode was kind of its own confined story. And Inuyasha was definitely the same. If you sat down and tried to binge Inuyasha from beginning to end, maybe you'd get a good experience. But it was something you just kind of enjoyed regardless. And... Every now and again, you'd get a Shoshomaru-centric episode, and we'd be like, real shit. All right? <laughs> Shit's about to go down. Right. This is Got, the, gotta catch next week. This is the real reason we're watching the show. <laughs> and sometimes next week wouldn't even give us the correct episode. Sometimes yeah, the... Yeah, so, sometimes it would be a rerun. Or... Yeah, sometimes Cartoon Network would just be like, oh, where do we leave off? Episode 22? All right, guess it's time to start with episode two again. Yeah. Like, and sometimes they'd skip episode one, and you think, like, did I miss a night? Like, I I know I watched last Saturday. Yeah. Did they do it on Sunday nights, too? Yeah, like, that was just how it was. I watched all of the Dark Tournament arc of Yu Yu Hakusho before I ever found out that it was about Yusuke getting hit by a car. Like, that was just how television and anime was at the time. And Mother's Basement did point this out, that Back then, they wrote anime specifically with that problem in mind, that people were not going to be jumping in from the beginning and watching this every single day. 
but this was going to be something that you just picked up where you picked it up and you could decide whether or not you want to invest more time, money, or energy into it. And JoJo's was written during that time when that was a big problem. And I know a lot of people forget this, but so was Avatar The Last Airbender. Avatar The Last Airbender was originally a television program on Nickelodeon that ran weekly. And the very first episode of Avatar The Last Airbender I ever watched was the one where they were in the Fire Nation watching a stage play of themselves. Yeah. And I went into that with absolutely no context of the show, no understanding why they were in enemy territory, and I still followed along just yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think the, the biggest joke that you probably missed throughout it was, my cabbages! Yeah. But it's still <laughs> explained within that episode as well, so. Exactly. And even then, my cabbages was kind of a meme, and that was before social media was really popular. If you had any friends that were into Avatar The Last Airbender, you definitely heard the my cabbages joke. Yeah. And maybe that makes us sound old, but that was... Just how we experienced things. God, when did uh, when did that come out? I believe I was in junior high or high school at the time. So like two thousand like, aughts. Yeah, like, it was the early two thousands. Wow. Yeah, it was back when watching a show on Nickelodeon was like a thing. Like even Legend of Korra initially aired on Nickelodeon. People forget that. People seem to think that Legend of Korra was a streamed show, and it was not. No. Only the last season of. Korra was streamed on line. That was it. Yeah. Everything before that was you had to catch it on Nickelodeon at a certain time. Yeah. So uh, now now that we're in this uh, age of streaming and binging, uh, the format of this has changed. So it's it's much easier to write a a, a linear story. Mm -hmm. You know, because they realize, hey, you you don't have to just catch it on on a whim on one week. You know, yeah. you can you can decide to start to watch from the very beginning. Yeah, and even then, like we do see, like the can you know the things like arcs still exist, if only for nostalgia or formulaic purposes. Things like My Hero Academia definitely has arcs, and you don't necessarily need to figure out how he got into high school to understand, like, how cool it is that he is in this high school. It's probably best if you do start from the beginning, but I think that if somebody walked in on you watching My Hero Academia somewhere in the middle, they could probably sit down and piece it together pretty easily. Because it does still follow that Shonen Jump formula. Where I think things like, you know, keep your hands off Ezekin, if you started it somewhere in the middle, you'd probably be a little bit more lost. And then you have shows that play around with this idea of how streaming works. Things like Carol and Tuesday, which was intended for people to watch week to week specifically, where the things we miss from the show are filled in by the fact that we literally have waited a week to watch them continue their story. Something that Netflix absolutely messed up. <laughs> and yeah. Then you have things like Devilman Crybaby or uh, Tokyo Sinks 2020, which really are written more just like extended films that are better to just sit down and engage in from beginning to end. And I love the fact that the industry now understands that they have these options to play with these things and 
they don't necessarily have to follow a specific formula because people are going to process and indulge in their series different ways and it's just another way that the ser- or the anime industry has grown and hopefully will continue to grow and i think when people say there is a specific way that you should get into something or a specific way that you have to get into something it only hinders the idea that this is a community and something that people are going to enjoy. And I even saw an interesting tweet that came from this where somebody mentioned that their dad will actually like read the last chapter of a book before he reads the entire book because he wants to go into the story with a unique perspective. And because of that, he analyzes and thinks about stories very differently than the average person because for him he wants to know what the destination is before he gets involved in the journey and i think that's kind of a beautiful thing that we miss out on because of elitism that's that's uh i don't read the last chapter but i definitely peek at the last paragraph i always look up the chapter names i like (laughs) like like and especially with my light novels like i'll be reading my light novels and I am terrible at it because I will flip through the pages and look at all of the pieces of art mm-hmm. before I actually read it. And I there, do that too. <laughs> there have been a few spoilers on them where I'm like, oh, fuck. Shit's about to get real in this book, isn't it? <laughs> and I think that also stems too into a discussion that Super Eye Patch Wolf had a couple years ago is the question of, do spoilers ruin franchises? Like, if you're spoiled from something, does that mean you're no longer going to enjoy it? And I think that comes... I think that really is the centerpiece of why JoJo fans are scared of people watching it out of order. They're... So, interestingly on that, there was actually, a, I believe, a college, like one of those big-name colleges that did a study on whether or not spoilers spoil things for people. Mm-hmm. They found they don't. People yeah, don't care. Yeah, I, I think that study was mentioned in Eyepatch Wolf's video, actually. Yeah. But I think that is where the fear comes from with fans being like, you can't watch JoJo's out of order. And somebody even specifically pointed out this with the basement order. They're like, if you know about like things like the fact that Jotaro dies at the end of part one, that's going to ruin part one for you. Or You ruined it for me. (laughs) Or if you know, you know, that Dio has a son in part five, then you're going to not feel like you're as intrigued about Dio early when he goes through his, like, three different death sequences. Because you're now like, oh, he can't be dead. He has a son. Nope, just frozen sperm okay <laughs> That's more or less exactly what happened but <laughs> yeah so people feel like since you go into jojo's in the wrong order and you now know these specific things about these characters that you're no longer going to feel that moment of tension or like the fact that uh joseph's death was a complete cop-out you know he's not dead because if you watch part three or part four first you see him as an old man. You know he's alive. He didn't die in the volcano, clearly. Yeah. But I really don't think that that experience is necessarily something that ruins a franchise for people. And I think if you're worried that your friend is going to feel that way, if like your friend's a real stickler for spoilers, maybe you do recommend they watched it in order. But 
Honestly, if I were to try to get you back into JoJo's, because I tried getting you to watch part one and two, and I was the person that was sitting there by your arm saying, just, just, just get through just it. Just get through it. Just get through it. I promise. I promise the payoff is worth it. And ultimately, it became so stressful for me. It became exhausting, and I wasn't getting you to budge at all. Not even a little bit. I'm like, there's no way. Tyler's gonna finish part two and think that was worth it, you know? And I don't think you hated part two, but ultimately, at the end of the day, you didn't feel like your time was well spent, and I absolutely regret forcing you to sit through parts one and two, and I know that I would never get you to go through part three because it is such a fucking trench through a mud pile (laughs) to get to the one part that I really like, and... If I were to recommend part three to anybody, it would be Stefan, because he is, like, the DBZ fan. He is the shonen nerd. He is the kind See, of person that could deal with the monster of the week trope to get to the big bad road roller fight. See, see clearly, uh, parts one and two just needed more buff men wearing banana hammocks. Oh, absolutely. I, I can agree. I liked, you know, the pillar men. They were wearing banana hammocks, okay? <laughs> Just just appeal to the fan service side Tyler of it. Tyler is a simp for banana hammock men. <laughs> but if I were to ever try to get you back into JoJo's, I would just sit, be like, you know what? Fuck all of this. You're watching part five. And I would make you watch it with Siobhan. <laughs> One, because Siobhan has so much more energy to deal with with that. Like, if you ever get like, oh, this is weird. This is so weird. Siobhan would be like, fuck yeah, it's weird. Let's keep watching it. Like, Siobhan definitely is the person that would get you to sit down and enjoy it and have fun. Because even if you got distracted or bored with it, she would have that energy to just bring you back. Yeah. I don't have that ability, unfortunately. But I think even without Siobhan, I think part five would be the best bet for you to actually enjoy JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because it's still weird. It's still bizarre, but it's just as weird as other anime bullshit that you've sat through before and been like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I liked that. And I think that's why I I really liked Mother's Basement video on this. And it's why I'm so frustrated to see people responding to this with such negativity or taking it out of context. Because while I don't agree with everything he said in the video, I think his avatar opinion was weird and a little off-putting. I think including an order to watch it in was counterproductive. Ultimately, I liked the central message, which he tweeted out later, and it's just let people experience anime the way they want to. Let people watch anime just to watch anime. Don't gatekeep. Don't expect people to be on the same level as you. Don't don't put your mind in somebody else's head and expect them to function that way because it's just not going to work. My teenage niece and nephew were not going to experience anime the way I did when I was their age. My, our friends at Cracked Brain are not going to be caught up on the seasonal anime. Our, my coworkers are going to think that Dragon Ball Z was made in America. (laughs) Not everybody is going to like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. And I think that's fine. And yeah, that's the positive message I'm going to end this on. Uh, I probably will tag Jeff on the tweet about this episode. Maybe he'll listen to it. And if he is listening to it, uh, thank you. 
I know we're, <laughs> we're kind of a small production, but yeah. Also, stop insulting Katsugeki Token Rambu. I know that it the animation just halts so we could get pretty boys giving us exposition dumps, but I would watch Kane Sada paint a eggshell white wall for 30 minutes and I would still give it a 7 on my anime list. So I'm fucking biased, okay? Stop, ma- stop making me feel bad about it. I would watch that man paint an entire apartment with two coats just for the hell of it. He's just, as long as he's pretty doing it, Ufa Table could sell me on anything. All right, he's got really blue eyes, okay? I'm sorry. And legs for days. I'm sorry, I'm flawed, okay? Unlike him. <laughs> Stop making me feel bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, with that, let's go ahead and move on to our final segment, which I, I think we're still holding on strong. If you guys want to contribute to this segment, please make sure to tweet at us at kawaiicastpod on the Twitter, and please don't harass us, <laughs> please. <laughs> and That segment is where we describe an anime series poorly and see if the other person can guess it. So I have to get all the giggles out. Get the giggles out. Wiggle, wiggle. (laughs) Wiggle, giggle. Yeah, because this one was funny. I thought of it while I was at work, just trying not to go crazy. All right. Um, You'll probably get this. So naturally, of course, you crack up at that at work. Yeah, you will. You will absolutely probably get this. So because I know you you. overestimate my stupidity. (laughs) So uh, the description of this anime is a notorious sword thief is tricked into becoming the protagonist when he switches countries and steals an umbrella. Oh, uh... Now, of course, I can't remember. The, the fucking puppet show. It's Thunderbolt Fantasy. Thunderbolt yes. Fantasy. <laughs> the fucking puppet show. Yes, because Shofu Khan was genuinely tricked into being the protagonist of the anime by a man with a smoking problem and a Buddha statue. He didn't ask for this, okay? His he, only... he, he didn't want to go on an epic quest. He just wanted to sit by and find somewhere to drop off his sword. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It wasn't his fault. He was guilt tripped or guilt tripped by a high wizard. And when I say high wizard, I mean he was high off his ass <laughs> and a Buddha statue. <laughs> the Buddha statue made him do it. God damn it, I guess I'm a protagonist now. <laughs> yep. Basically. Also, uh, Jeff Thu, if you're listening, go watch Thunderbolt Fantasy, damn it. It's been on your watch list for, like, at least a year now. Go, just go watch it. We're the, the world's ending. Go watch it. <laughs> no time left the present. Exactly. I'll watch whatever you tell me to watch. Go watch Thunderbolt Fantasy. Oh, that's that could be asking for trouble. <laughs> yeah. It's not the first time I told somebody I'd watch whatever they wanted me to watch. That's how I got into Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon. Yeah, there you go. That's fair. Which, by the way, I watched in exchange for you watching JoJo's, so we've come full circle. Yes. With that, we're going to go ahead and let you guys go. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.